Alaska's Newsmakers. Action Line, K-I-N-Y. And good morning, everybody. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis. Joining me in the studio today, I have Senator Jesse Keel. Just, Senator, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jordan. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. And it's always nice to see you on this uh, very cloudy, muggy Juno day, but that's a normal Juno day, so I can't complain. It is November. That is true. So first of all, just catching up with you. So how, what, so how have you been since you and I last chatted? Oh, I've been, I've been good. Uh, Representative Story and I have just been traveling around the district. Um, we spent several days in Skagway, uh, had a town hall up there, met with some people, had office hours. Um, and then we went to Haines, uh, did the same sorts of things there, a lot of issues going on up Lynn Canal. Uh, and tomorrow we'll head to Gustavus, um, trying to meet with folks in all the communities in our district before the next session gets started in January. Gotcha. And speaking of that next session, I know there's going to be a lot of big topics to go in there. The first obvious big one is going to be, you know, our oil prices have gone up a pretty decent bit since those were last really being talked about. Yeah, yeah. So far this uh, year, right in the state we think of the year as starting July 1, because that's the fiscal year, um, oil prices have been bouncing around 88, 90 bucks a barrel, sometimes 92. A um, little lower today, but it's the yearly average that kind of determines the, the oil function or factor in the state budget. A um, couple of things. One is part of the compromise that got the legislative session adjourned um, this last May was that if the price of oil stayed high in this year, this um, next October, we'd split the surplus. Some of it would go into um, the state savings account, and some of it would go into uh, an energy assistance check to all Alaskans that'll come out with this coming October's PFD, so about 11 months from now. Um, and, and right now, you know, I can't tell you what oil prices are going to do. Right now, it looks like that's going to happen. That's, that's up to the first... Um, Oh, I think billion or so dollars. So f- potentially five hundred dollars on an energy check, and then the delta on that um, be about f- four hundred million dollars into savings. I think. Okay, and so I know one of the things that really c- kind of comes up into the conversation when it comes to those oil prices and how that could impact funding, kind of going forward. I know we always, you and I, spend a lot of time talking about education funding. Mm-hmm. So say we were trying to you know, shift towards focusing some of that funding into education, what would that look like and what might some of those challenges be? So, um, you know, the, the Senate acted on education funding um, pretty pretty uh, decisively this year, sent a bill over to the House um, that would have raised uh, K-12 education funding um, pretty significantly, would have taken care of more than a year's worth of inflation after it had been about five, almost six years without any increase or adjustment for inflation at all. Um, and and the, uh, the House was not able to get that bill over the finish line last year. We did one-time funding in the same amount. So the House has that bill uh, poised in their finance committee, ready to go to the floor. Um, I'm hoping that we can convince them to take some action early this year. Um, you know, we, we need to work with the governor, right? We, we don't want to just uh, stick it to him because I know he's got priorities too. Um, but, but a lot of folks felt pretty surprised by his veto. So I think we're going to need to work early on education this year. Now, we all want that because moving late on education is bad for school districts, it's bad for teachers who don't know if they have a job next year, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the, the sad truth, and I'm just going to be square with you, Jordan, that the most valuable things make the best hostages, right? And we all value K-12 education. So it's often the, one of the last things we do. We need 
to, to, I think, move a little earlier with education funding this year, especially with putting it into the law, right, changing our base student number, um, base student allocation is what it's called, so that it's recurrent funding and districts know they can plan, they can rely on it the following year. Uh, otherwise, they're rewriting their budget from from uh, a big drop in money, in income, drop in funding every year, which just leads them to spend a lot of time and effort on budget scenarios that aren't reality. We ought to give them what, tell them what their funding are, is so that they can work efficiently and, and uh, wisely with the dollars. Gosh, and I'm glad, I'm glad you sort of mentioned, you know, the, the surprise around the veto that happened uh, back in May, because it's interesting to see, you know, what steps would, because there is that risk of, you know, potentially having that veto again. So we're trying to work more collaboratively with the governor. And uh, there is something I want to ask you about, but I'll probably save that till the second half, because I want to clarify it a bit during our break. But Sort of along that same route of trying to sort of work with and cooperate with the governor, I understand that you are also still working on your PFAS bill that you had been working on back in the late spring, early summer. Yeah, that's that's been a multi-year project. I mean, they're called forever chemicals, these poisonous chemicals. We, we're going to face this issue for a long time. Um, but uh, but there was a there was a real breakdown there um, with uh, a bill that all the governor's uh, agencies had had all their issues addressed, and then when it got to his desk, um, he he used his veto pen. He and I had a conversation actually just this week. Um, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. We're gonna try and find a place um, to get that bill where um, where he can sign it. Um, and and so I'm I'm always glad when you can have the conversation with somebody. We had a little communication failure too. Um, we're working now to get that bill to a place where we can do the things we need to do so we don't poison any more drinking water. That's the key. That's what it's all about. Um, and I should, I should take a step here and say, you know, the, the Alaska Department of Transportation has begun switching over from those toxic foams to the fluorine-free foams. Um, that's a great step. Um, doesn't mean we don't still need a bill. We do. Um, but, but I think there's progress being made. Uh, and so we're going to work together. You know, Jordan, I'll work together with anybody I possibly can. And, you know, ultimately we all have issues of conscience that we just can't, can't compromise on. But most things you can work out. Most things you can figure out. And so I'm, I'm optimistic that we can get there on, on that bill. Gotcha. Now, I will admit, I wish more people had that mindset on a lot of issues these days. I feel like that is a, a perspective on things that doesn't tend to happen that much anymore. <laughs> well, maybe maybe what I'll say is, you know, my, my issue of conscience may be your, eh, whatever, um, and vice versa, right? So it, 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 sometimes you think, this can't be that big a deal, and somebody else is willing to die on that hill, figuratively. Um, but so you, you just have to talk to people, right? You have to have the conversation. Oh, definitely. Now, another topic you kind of brought up before we started the, the show today was uh, carbon credits. You mentioned carbon credits quite briefly there. Talk to me a bit about that. So this last legislative session, um, the governor brought two bills for the state of Alaska to be able to sell carbon credits uh, or get money from carbon credits. Um, and we passed one of them this last year. Um, what we basically called them was the tree bill and the rocks bill. And in the tree bill, the one that the governor has now signed, it's law in Alaska, um, you can use um, changes in our forestry practices uh, to to get money from carbon credits. Um, the other bill, and I believe the governor still wants that, um, that other bill, would be about um, carbon capture, about underground storage. So pumping CO2 down the well holes that we've pumped oil out of or natural gas out of for decades now. You, you know there are rocks down there that hold gases because 
they held natural gas for <laughs> millions of years before we pumped it out. We, we're pretty confident that if we pump CO2 down there, it'll, it'll stay put. It's not going into the water or anything else. Um, but, but there are some, some interesting issues with those, uh, and, and it takes us some specialized um, permits that, frankly, the state of Alaska doesn't issue today. Um, we, we actually started the ball rolling toward that in, uh, with the tree bill. We tucked a little piece of the rocks bill in it. Here's the bottom line. It's an innovative idea. Some of what's out there in carbon credit money, frankly, is just corporate marketing. You know, so that your your candy bar can say we're carbon neutral. Well, it's it's tough to know what that means. Some of it's really serious. Some of it genuinely is about capturing and sequestering what would have been CO two in the atmosphere. Um, and so uh, we work on those bills um, as part of passing the tree bill last year. Actually, and this is something again I was able to collaborate with the administration on. There are some fascinating constitutional questions, and in order to help work with the governor, we didn't send that bill to judiciary. Um, but the the administration agreed on the record in Senate Finance to a published Attorney General's opinion about when and how is carbon a resource the way the Constitution uses that word. And that gets into when somebody maybe owes the state a piece if you sell carbon credits on private land or or don't, right? That's really important to know that if, if you're a large landowner or a farmer or whatever. Um, how do we handle that in terms of some of the principles for resource management that are in our Constitution? Um, and, and it's really important before we go sign in a 30-, 40-, 50-year contract with somebody about what we're going to do with a piece of land or trees or rocks or what have you, that w- we don't sign that contract and then have somebody sue and go, well, you're breaking the Constitution and get an ugly surprise. So um, that is working right now, and I expect to see that uh, opinion get published um, you know, back in the day, Jordan, uh, Alaska attorneys general used to publish opinions all the time. It, that has shifted some recently. They, they still do them, but more often they write a letter to an agency and give them advice, and it's not a published AG's opinion that you can read and I can read, and it's on, out on the website. Um, so, so they agreed to do a published AG's opinion on this so all Alaskans can look at it, think about it, um, and, and we can move forward um, carefully and thoughtfully on these issues. Gotcha. On that, we will move into our break. Will you come back? You'll have more action line on KINY. There we go. Now, generally still I have uh, Senator Jessica Hill. Now, Senator, the thing I want to talk to you about that I did uh, get you one, I kind of explained a bit more during the break was, so I'm I'm sure you saw there was an article that was put out by the Alaska Beacon originally that had shown that the Department of Labor and its Trends Magazine, which publishes pretty very useful information pretty much every month, had got an article was pulled that was talking about teacher pay premiums. And so I want to talk to you about that because it raises some questions, I think, to put that nicely. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, was, it was a little bit concerning. Um, and I, uh, <laughs> I actually had, uh, had con- noticed that the Trends magazine was late that month and, and didn't know why. I contacted the department, and they told me it'd be out in a minute. Um, but but I, I didn't learn until, and I appreciate the reporter breaking that story, didn't learn until the story came out uh, just why. It, it, it's concerning, Jordan. The, the folks at... Um, who put that together, the research and analysis folks at Department of Labor have a phenomenal reputation. Folks on the left, folks on the right, folks in the middle know that what they do is facts. They just do data. And they put it out, they have a, they put it in a little magazine format, 
and and they you read their stuff and it's it's you know demographics and economics and uh, numbers and facts that is just useful as you think about issues that face Alaska. What they don't do, have never done that I have ever seen, and I've been reading their stuff for decades now, they don't do recommendations, right? They don't do uh, uh, editorials ever, right? They just put out the fact. You know, it's uh, it's uh, Joe Friday from Dragon, right? Just the facts, ma'am. That's what they do. And and they are trusted left, right, and center because that's all they've ever done. So so the notion that that article, which somebody found a, a uh, the text of and, and put on the web um, would get pulled is, is pretty concerning. It talks about Alaska teachers' pay over the last couple decades, where it was, where it is, how it compares to people in the nation. Is it relevant that the change in retirement benefits? Now, I think it really is. Um, and they sort of looked at where, you know, the yeses and the noes of that a little bit. It wasn't a main focus of the article. So, I, you know, I can take that information and where the data is uh, supports my opinion, I'm probably going to use it. Uh, where it doesn't, I have to think about it, right? And I have to talk to my colleagues who've almost always read the article too, right? And we have to have a conversation about it. That That's our job, right? To, to figure out what the numbers and the facts mean and what they suggest we should do or not do. But getting the facts out without without bias, without uh, interference. That's really important. I would hate to ever see this happen again. Right, and I completely agree with you on that. As someone who talks to the, you know, the folks from the Department of Labor and really does talk about what is going on in those trans magazines quite regularly, to know that some of that information was not made available to, and was pulled does put that sort of integrity into question. It then also makes me wonder, because it was it was suggested within that, that Beacon article that it was members of the governor's staff that had tried to get that, that had gotten that pulled from the Trends magazine. You then think about that. You then think about the vetoes that the governor had made to education funding. And then you think about the number of times the governor mentions that he's very in favor of, of education. And it makes you wonder how true that statement really is when you consider all those other factors. Well, I mean, look, this governor and I have some policy differences, right? We definitely have some some significant distinctions on on where we would go with with education funding and policy. And actually, it came up when we talked. He says he's got some bills that he's going to put in this year, and I committed to him uh, that I will take a look at those bills and work with his department on them. Y- you know, he worked very hard on the Alaska Reads Act, and the Alaska Reads Act um, is is being implemented around the state today. When, when Representative Story and I were up Lynn Canal in the northern communities in this district we all share, uh, one of our town halls, a teacher came in. She said, I work with the young kids, the, I think third graders or maybe third, fourth, and, and that Reads Act is giving me tools I didn't have before. I am better able to identify kids who struggle. I am better able to put the resources of the school into helping them read early. That, that's a heck of a thing, man. I mean, for nobody asked that teacher to show up and do that. She wanted to tell her legislators, this thing is working. Um, you know, and that, that came in significant part out of Governor Dunleavy. I give him credit for that piece. There's other stuff in the bill that other people contributed because they work together. So I'm open to looking. I don't know what his bills will be. Um, if, you know, if there's something like uh, school vouchers, well, now uh, that's a, a tougher lift. I've done a lot of thinking about that, and I have a lot of serious concerns. So I, I don't know what he'll propose. I'm happy to work with him on stuff that helps our schools do a better job for our kids. 
Gotcha. And I had a similar experience talking with, you know, some of the folks within the Juno School District. They had expressed that the Reads Act has been quite helpful. And so, and that's really why then that question comes to my mind because I'm like, you're seeing, we can feel like contradictory things going on. Now, you mentioned uh, the school vouchers thing. So maybe bring up some of your concerns with that because now you've brought it up. So I have to ask you about it. Well, um, there's, a, there's a series of things, right? And, and the first is Alaska's Constitution, um, which says that it is the, an, a constitutional obligation of the state to establish and maintain a system of public schools, right? That, that goes back to Thomas Jefferson, right? He came up with universal public education as, as a thing that builds a strong republic, smart people, good uh, citizens in a democracy, strong economy, um, and so on and so on and so forth. Um, but Alaska's Constitution also says that the money, and I can't quote it to you, I apologize, can't go to private or sectarian education, right? And and I think that was very wise, right? Because we see in other places around the world what happens when the government funds religious education. And, uh, you know, and, and certainly we have some, some good private schools around Alaska that do religious education, and parents can choose to send their kids there. That's that's a parent's right for ed- the education of their children. But the government isn't paying for pick, pick religion X or religion Y, yours, mine, or somebody else's, right? And I, you're going to find most people have one they or, or two they think highly of and a couple that are boogeymen, right? Um, certainly uh, elsewhere in the world, we see uh, sectarian education uh, fueling hate and violence. The answer in the Alaska Constitution is don't even touch it not even a 10-foot pole. And and I think that's really important when you look at something the U.S. Supreme Court has been doing, which is to say, if you start paying for private, you can't have an antipathy against private religious because that is, in their interpretation, it's a new interpretation of the First Amendment, not going to lie, a little bit novel. In their view, that's the government uh, being anti-religion, which it may not be, right? So if we just stay off it, um, we're safer. There are other reasons that vouchers are a, a bad choice, right? What tends to happen is the children of the wealthiest families then go off to private school and the public schools are left struggling with the kids who need the most additional resources and help. Your cost per student goes up. The ability to have, um, you know, and, and, and not just wealthiest, I shouldn't have said that, um, but the, the students who are doing well, uh, who have families that are very actively engaged in their education. But the vouchers are never enough to cover private school tuition, right? And so um, you have sort of a, a, a skimming effect. And the kids who need the least additional resources but would benefit from, from uh, enrichment stuff, extra stuff, they're gone. And the kids who need the most additional help, extra assistance to get to their grade levels, or who's left. So they don't have as many students in the school now who uh, they can look to as examples academically. Um, they don't, and, and you have higher costs per kid, and you have a real problem in your public schools maintaining quality education for everyone. And we've seen that in place after place after place this has been tried. It, it's not a, a speculation. So um, we, we could probably spend the rest of our time talking about uh, how it's harmful to the whole of society. Right? We haven't talked about the goods we get when our kids see each other, get to know each other, become friends with each other. Right? We're, we're all in the same schools. We're all in the same playgrounds. Um, that's not true everywhere in the world. Right? There are places where people of one skin color don't ever go to school with people of another skin color. And bad things tend to result. So... Um, 
yeah, we could we could spend more time. I have more issues to raise, but uh, I, it causes me a lot of concern. And, and I just want to be clear about something, Jordan. The, the governor didn't tell me what he was proposing. I just used that as one that I have objections to. That That's for me, not from him. Right. And that's why I wanted to ask you about it, just because you brought it up. Now, we actually are out of time. We've actually gone over the top of the hour. <clears throat> so, Senator Keeler, thank you for coming in. I always appreciate giving the chance to chat with you. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing what comes out of the legislature this session. Uh, aren't we all? I think I think there's some great opportunities. We're going to get a lot of good work done. Um, we might have a couple of squabbles along the way. That's par for the course. But uh, I just hope folks will will call me or email me, come talk to me. If you have thoughts, if you have suggestions, um, let's, let's talk about it. All right. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. KINY.